0: Let's talk a little cowboy football as we welcome in Kyle Yeomans from the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Kyle, good afternoon. How are you, my friend?
1: Good as always. Glad to be on with you guys. I'm hearing all these commercials while I'm on hold about like sausage and meat shops, all those <laughs> fixins in Waco and I mean in central Texas, of course. So I'm just jealous now at this point.
0: Hey, you gotta come home more often. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kyle, we were just disc in I don't know how we got on this conversation but we were just discussing this and maybe you can give us some clarification obviously with the backup quarterback position with the Cowboys did they was there ever any conversation about Andy Dalton returning into that in, in that role or did he want to move on and, and start
1: well I think really his goal specifically was he wanted a starting gig or at least one that he would compete for a starting gig and I think he ultimately found that uh during his chance in free agency with Chicago. And that's kind of why he kind of took that job uh, about as quick as he did. Uh, if it were conversations within the building, of course you would want to keep Andy Dalton. Now with the way that he played, the amount of games that he did last year and, and the, the film that he put out as the quarterback that kind of came in and emergency duty with Dak Prescott it made things tough on the money. And I think that was where the Cowboys were sitting was we're going to probably have to, to take a pay cut. If you're Andy Dalton, they gave him one year, $3 million last year. He had to be probably right around that or less, even though he did kind of up his stock as a backup quarterback and, and as the quarterback for the Cowboys in 2020. So that's why whenever the bears came and approached with the one year, 10 million, it was pretty easy money for him to, to say, yeah, that's, that's my gig. That's what I want to go do. And, of course, Chicago kind of sold them on that as well.
0: Are the Cowboys comfortable where they are right now as far as a backup is concerned? And I know that Dak says he's going to be ready, and I'm sure he probably will be ready, but what if he's not ready? Are, are, the, Cowboys, <laughs> are the Cowboys comfortable with what they have at the quarterback position behind Dak? No,
1: I, I think this is a very valid question because even last year, whenever you, you had Dak Prescott as your quarterback, you said, all right, we need a backup plan, and that's Andy Dalton. You made that decision prior to Dak Prescott ever missing a game as the quarterback for the Cowboys since he was drafted since 2016. And then, of course, when his injury happened in week five, then you were like, oh, thank goodness we did that. Well, now that you've had that happen in the past, I think the Cowboys are sitting in that same spot and saying and looking around and not necessarily loving what they're seeing. I mean, right now your backup quarterback, is either Cooper Rush, who is still technically on the roster and has been the backup, at least with Dak Prescott here, uh, since Jason Garrett's era was was a, a thing here at the Star. And then you've also got Garrett Gilbert, who came in, of course, in spot duty against Pittsburgh in, in Week 9. And I think he was impressive from a backup quarterback standpoint, as long as there's no expectations. But if he were the starter, starting quarterback for multiple weeks in an NFL season, I think that would necessarily would not necessarily fly Uh, from what the Cowboys' expectations are. So I think right now you would say, no, they're not comfortable. I think they're looking not only in the draft upcoming in April, but I think they are looking at free agents as potentials. Maybe an Alex Smith, who's coming off of another injury, and somebody who's kind of dealt with something similar to what Dak Prescott is having to go through now. I think he could maybe be an option, especially when you don't have a ton of money to allocate that direction. But I think there's options out there for Dallas, and and whether or not they'll – actually go through and, and pull the trigger on any of them is still yet to be seen, but it's something they're definitely thinking about.
2: Kyle, as far as the draft goes, should Dallas, should they move up and try to get Kyle Pitts or just kind of hope, or, or do you think they should just kind of wait it out?
1: Oh, gosh, I love this question so much. Thank you for asking You're this welcome. question. Uh, Kyle Pitts is special, <laughs> and uh, he's somebody, of course, tight in out of Florida that people have kind of tabbed as one of those guys that could fall just based on positional value. The tight end position, at least in terms of the draft, is not as highly valued as the majority of other positions. Well, Kyle Pitts is not your normal tight end, and he's so talented he could be such a difference maker that he could go top five, or because of his position, he could fall outside the top ten, and of course Dallas would then have a shot at picking him with the tenth overall selection. Jerry came out and said yesterday that they are infatuated with Kyle Pitts, but once again, who isn't? I I don't think their plan is to go up and get a guy. If anything, I think Jerry saying that might have been a smokescreen to say, somebody up there, go ahead and take this tight end. So that way, one, I don't have to figure out about it. And two, an offensive player pushes another really good defensive player down the board to me where I'm sitting at 10. I think that's really what his thought process was there in putting out that he loves Kyle Pitts. I know this scouting department, I know they love Kyle Pitts. Even Kellen Moore, I think, is, as the offensive coordinator, is salivating at the potential of putting him in this offense. But one, I think it would take too much to go up and get him. You would have to trade with either Atlanta at four, maybe Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight. It would take a couple of those extra top 100 picks that you do have to get up there in the first place. And secondly, I think you have so many needs on the defensive side of the football that that still needs to be your priority again
2: so with san francisco moving up to three which i I think i don't know i don't care who the quarterback is i'm not giving up three first rounders to move up to three but um (laughs) that's i mean i I just still can't wrap my head around that man but who is the first non-quarterback off the board is it going to be kyle pitts or is it going to be somebody like penesuel uh sitting there
1: I think that's a crazy question because you look at four, Atlanta's trying to shop out of that position. Atlanta could take a quarterback. They could take a non-quarterback. They're kind of in a spot where they need a little bit of everything. And I think that's the perfect spot to go maybe take a Trey Lance if he's not the pick for San Francisco at three. Uh, I I think it would be Penny Sewell because I think, if anything, the first player that's going to come off the board that's a quarterback or a non-quarterback, rather – Uh, would be the fifth overall pick to Cincinnati. And that's either going to be Pinay Sewell or Jamar Chase. At least in my mind, I think those would be the two guys. They could go with Kyle Pitts there, but I think they really need a a playmaker on the outside. And that's what Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, kind of brings to the table. Um, There is a chance that Kyle Pitts maybe goes to Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta's had a couple of spots where they could maybe put him. That would be fun to watch. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Kyle Pitts. It's kind of a trio, but I, I think it really is going to be a uh, a pretty solid chance that it's Penne Sewell, the, the offensive tackle from Oregon. That's the first non-quarterback off, off the board.
0: Talking with uh, Kyle Yeomans from the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Kyle, uh, you mentioned uh, stay where they are on the defensive side of the football. They've got plenty of needs there, and and I mm-hmm. think you're 1,000% correct. They've got plenty of needs there. <laughs> Putting you in the war room, in your opinion, what is the greatest need on the defensive side of the football?
1: Right now, it's cornerback. I think there's needs, like you said, pretty much everywhere. Because you could go get an edge rusher. You could go get a linebacker with the questions you have there. But you've made some additions to this team, like a Keona Neal at safety. Uh, even a DeMonte Kazee at safety, who are both going to come in. because he's probably going to play a little bit of the free, where Neal will kind of Tag-team the duties with Donovan Wilson at the strong safety and then also play a little hybrid outside linebacker as well. So I think that sures up things. At, at edge rusher, you do have the foundation of Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. What do, do you have at corner? You have Trayvon Diggs who you picked there. You have Anthony Brown, who, of course, was the only veteran receiver that had a, a, a contract going into last season. And then you brought back Jordan Lewis, be your slot guy so you can line up at corner you have guys there but I still think there is a glaring need at that position and I think that's why really right now whenever you tab the Cowboys and who they're going to to select at 10 it's Patrick Sertan corner from Alabama or the cornerback from South Carolina and that's JC Horn both of those guys are really good I think Sertan's the better player over Horn. horn brings a, a mentality that the Cowboys defense though could really really use that kind of extra mentality, that aggressiveness that the defense has certainly lacked over the last couple of years. But I think this is a, a defense that could go a, a number of different ways, but I think you do have to look at corner and say there's a big hole there that needs to be filled by the time draft weekend's over with.
0: You mentioned a couple of the other spots, linebacker. What What's the status of Sean Lee right now?
1: Uh, up in the air is pretty much what the status is. And it's tough from a media standpoint because one, we don't get to really talk to the players as much as usual because of the, the COVID-19 protocols. I think any other year we would have a pretty good idea of what Sean Lee is is thinking. Even if he, he hadn't made a decision yet himself, we would probably know which way he was leaning. We don't have any idea right now where Sean Lee is going to go, uh, whether it, it, it is retirement or to continue playing. I think right now the idea is that he will be back, uh, but at the same time, as a front office, you've got to plan like he won't be back. So uh, there's there's definitely kind of uh, – there's a crossroads for Mr. 50 for that that Cowboys linebacker room, and, and you're going to have to plan either way or whichever way he decides.
2: Kyle, who are some of the, the later-round guys that Dallas is considering taking as the draft progresses?
1: Ooh, that's tough because you can go so many ways. We talk about how you can pigeonhole yourself into cornerback or – uh, or even Kyle Pitts at 10. But outside of that, there's really a lot of different ways you could go. I know defensive tackle has been one that they've kind of talked about uh, with uh, a, a potential guy like maybe Tommy Tommy Togiai, who's a defensive tackle out of Ohio State, plays with a high motor, not very long with his arms, but he makes up with that with his power. He's very strong. His hands are very built. And I know the, the scouting department really likes him as a whole as maybe a day. Day two guy, late day two, early day three guy, maybe in the third round, you can could, you could maybe pick him up at maybe 99 and see what you can do there. I know at linebacker, they're, they're certainly looking at a couple of guys in the, the midday range as well of maybe a guy like Jamin Davis out of, uh, out of Kentucky who has been a late riser of draft boards. If he certainly does not go in the first round, I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys – start looking up to trade that direction and try and maybe go get him because I know they like him a lot. Mike McCarthy actually went to Lexington and was a part of the Kentucky pro day. And so if he's available, expect maybe the Cowboys to make a move on Davis, uh, another guy's Caleb Farley. And I know he has really been one of those guys that have been talked about right up at the top of the draft class at cornerback that at least the Cowboys were infatuated with. He was a top three corner And with the the news of his back surgery, it seemed like everybody kind of wrote him off. Well, he's still going to go second round, third round. If the Cowboys wanted to go and trade up and try and take a gamble on what he's going to be medically, and if you can maybe supplement a pick that you make at 10 that's either a corner or not a corner, and you have him come in out of Virginia Tech and he plays well and doesn't have any injury issues, you'll look like a genius. And, And I think that's one way that the Cowboys could maybe spin their there's day two picks is maybe taking on a, a chance on a guy like Farley
2: Kyle the last thing I have for you it's not Cowboys related but what are your thoughts on Matt Rule and the Panthers with that move grabbing Sam Darnold
1: I like it ultimately because it kind of covers you up either way and of course I, I was down there working for you guys whenever Matt Rule was last at Baylor and I think he's a very smart guy I think he had his eyes on Mac Jones and he may still have his eyes on Mac Jones of course He was coaching at the senior bowl and got a chance to to really be up close and personal with Mac and kind of see the way that he was wired and and had a great week down in mobile. Well, with San Francisco throwing up the smoke screen uh, was saying that, Hey, we're going to pick Mac Jones at three. Maybe that prompted Carolina to make that move. And I think Sam Darnold's a, a decent quarterback who hasn't had a fair chance. A lot of people don't remember this, but he's actually younger. Than Joe Burrow uh, he by a, by a considerable margin. He's younger than Joe Burrow. So Darnold, I still think has a, a bright future ahead of him. They got him for cheap. They gave up this year's sixth round comp pick at 226 and then a second round and a fourth round pick next year. So you pretty much got him for penny, pennies on the dollar. If he turns out to be anything remotely what people thought Donald was, was coming out of college, I think Matt Rule and the Panthers are going to feel really, really good about this trade. But once again, I, I still think they, they may be looking at Mac Jones as another potential pot prospect of being their quarterback should he be available at the eighth overall selection.
0: Hey, Kyle. Thanks, man. Uh, always great insight to uh, to what's going on with the Cowboys and the NFL. Man, we do appreciate it, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, getting you back on. Uh, maybe right before the draft.
1: Sounds good, guys. Let me know anytime.
0: Hey, thanks so much. It's Kyle Yeomans from the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network.